to this edition of Scope It Out, the official podcast of the International Forum of Allergy and Rhinology. I'm your guest host for this episode, Dr. Doug Ray from Baltimore, Maryland, and today I'm joined by Dr. Justin Turner. Dr. Turner is currently a professor and vice chair of research at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, but he's also the incoming chairman at the University of Alabama. Justin earned his medical degree and PhD at the Medical University of South Carolina, He was an outstanding resident at Johns Hopkins, where I was honored to serve as his program director for at least part of his residency. Dr. Turner completed his fellowship in rhinology and skull-based surgery at Stanford. And we're gonna be discussing his recent publication, Inflammatory Characteristics of Central Compartment Atopic Disease that was first published in the November issue of the International Forum of Allergy and Rhinology. So welcome to the podcast, Justin. How are things going with the house hunting? Oh, it's it, it's rough out there, but uh, you know we're we're going to find something, and um, you know really excited about the move. You decided to 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 move and and look for houses at almost the worst possible time. So, but it's, tell me about it. Tell me about it. It's not a good time to buy, and it's not a good time to sell. So. <laughs> but you know this is this is a great opportunity for you. So I, I just wanted to say before we get started, congratulations. I think University of Alabama is going to. Is getting a great chair, and I, I just wish you all the best in in your um, in your new endeavor. Thanks so much, Doug. I appreciate that. So we're we're going to talk a little bit today about central compartment atopic disease, or or CCAD, and it's it's a recently recognized variant of chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps, in which the disease, um, the inflammation and the polyp formation, is located more centrally in the nasal cavity, sort of around the septal mucosa and the middle uh, turbinates, and to a lesser extent, the inferior turbinates, and where there's less disease or minimal disease in the actual paranasal sinuses. And so CCAD has has started to been more recently studied, and it's been associated with allergic sensitization and IgE, and and to some extent, TH2-mediated inflammation. But the clinical component of the disease has been fairly well described, but the etiology and the pathophysiology of CCAD has not. And so your paper seeks to sort of understand the inflammatory mechanisms behind CCAD in comparison with other CRS types, such as AERD or what we call aspirin exacerbated respiratory disease, or what we, the old Sompter's triad, um, allergic fungal rhinosinusitis, or chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps. So to get started, Justin, what made you interested in this topic? Well, you know, I think CCAD uh, as a sort of subtype of chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps is pretty new. I mean, it's just described, um, you know, for the first time in 2017. So it's only really been five or six years that we've been talking about this. And it was intro- It was initially introduced um, through folks at, uh, at Emory. And I remember hearing some of the talks about CCAD and thinking, that it wasn't a real thing, and I was I I was really suspicious of of this in, this entity and whether this was really just a form of mild chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps, or if it was patients that were presenting early and progressing to more significant disease. But as I saw more presentations about it and read some of the papers and the clinical descriptions. And then started seeing some of my own patients that seemed to be presenting with this subtype of nasal polyps. I, I slowly became a believer, and we had a lot of conversations, particularly John Delgado and myself, over beers at uh, at conferences about what CCAD really was. 
And I think we had an understanding, as you mentioned, about some of the clinical characteristics, but really didn't understand much about anything beyond that. And so um, we wanted to investigate that. So that's why we that's why we did this study. And I will say it's interesting, but after hearing some of the talks on this, especially from Emory, I started seeing some of these patients in clinic. And I'm sure as you move south, probably you may see more of these patients, but we certainly have a significant allergic population in our area. And and I would say to myself, or I would say to one of my partners, this looks exactly like a CCAD patient, like that, that sort of central inflammation where they can't breathe, they're super congested, but you get a CT scan, you expect their sinuses to have pan-sinus inflammation, but their sinuses are relatively spared. So I, I think we all, now that we know about the entity, we sort of see these patients in clinic and recognize it. Absolutely. Yeah, same here. I, I, you know, I see these patients uh, quite frequently and, and I didn't used to categorize them as such. Uh, I wouldn't use the terminology central compartment atopic disease or CCAD. But when we actually did this study and we looked back, it, it's about 10% of the patients that uh, present with nasal polyps, at least in our population here in Nashville, really are consistent with this CCAD phenotype. And I think it'll be interesting as it's better studied to see if there's a, a difference across the country. Yes. So, so Justin, talk a little bit about briefly about sort of your paper's methodology. Yeah. So basically, we um, we have a large tissue biorepository that we've put together really over about the past eight to ten years. And with that biorepository, we collect a lot of different biospecimens, tissue, uh, polyp tissue, mucus, uh, things like that. And so one of the things that we commonly do is we try to differentiate subtypes or endotypes of chronic sinusitis using different biomarkers. And primarily, we use different inflammatory biomarkers like cytokines and chemokines. And so we have at this point this pretty large database where we have a large number of patients. We know a lot about their clinical characteristics and their demographics. And we also know a lot about the type of inflammation that they have because we measure 15 to 20 different inflammatory mediators in their mucus and their tissue. So basically what we did here is, is take a population of chronic sinusitis with nasal polyp patients that we've enrolled in this biorepository over uh, about probably five years or so. And it's uh, around 200, 250 patients with nasal polyps. And we subcategorize them into uh, patients with CCAD. It's about 10%, as I mentioned, of that population. Aspirin exacerbated respiratory disease patients, allergic fungal rhinosinusitis patients, and then patients with nasal polyps not otherwise specified. So everybody else. And then we the first thing that we wanted to do is just make sure that our categorization of central compartment atopic disease was consistent with others. And so we looked at their demographic features and their clinical characteristics, and it was. So they have high allergy burden. They have a very low incidence of comorbid asthma. And they have a low incidence of prior surgery. So they tend to be patients with uh, more mild disease. They don't typically have a history of multiple surgeries. They have lower CT scores, but there are patients that still present with symptoms and often end up having surgery. Great. So you've looked at these patients. I assume you had CTs in a lot of these patients, so you could figure out whether they had that sort of central compartment appearance in terms of their inflammation. Exactly. Yeah. So we we, we diagnosed them largely based on their CT findings and that that sort of central compartment feature that's so common with these patients because it was in large part a retrospective diagnosis because we didn't really we we weren't really thinking about 
CCAD, you know, five or six years ago. It was new. Right. When you were first collecting the data. Yeah. Okay. So, so your paper found some specific, and you've, you've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but your paper found some distinct phenotypic differences between CCAD and the other types of chronic sinusitis. We alluded a little bit of this. Is there anything else that you want to kind of point out here? Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned CT scans, and so they tend to have low CT scores. Um, they're consistent with their central compartment findings. They, they have, you know, sim- they have peripheral sparing of their, their 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 other paranasal sinuses, so their CT scores are generally lower. And the thing that I think is very consistent, uh, even in other countries with central compartment atopic disease, is that these patients are highly allergic and they tend to not have asthma. And so that's exactly what we found. So only about 25 to 30% of them had asthma. And then at least 75% of them had allergic rhinitis uh, based on skin testing with a likely higher number based on clinical diagnosis alone. And you also looked at differences in the cytokine expression in CCAD. So what did you find there? Yeah, so this is what we were really interested in um, is we wanted to see what were the characteristics, what were the inflammatory characteristics of these uh, patients? Because they are patients with nasal polyps. We tend to correlate nasal polyposis with type 2 inflammation, where you have high levels of IL-5 and IL-13 and other uh, type 2 cytokines. But as we've learned over the last several years, chronic sinusitis is a very heterogeneous disease. And that is true for patients with chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps as well. So Whereas most of those folks do present with type 2 inflammation, they often have a mix of other types of inflammation as well. So we measured all of these different cytokines. These are cytokines that are reflective of type 1 inflammation, type 2 inflammation, type 3 inflammation, other inflammatory mediators. And this just gives us a general picture of what's going on in these patients. And the main thing that we found is it didn't really matter what cytokine it was, their inflammatory mediator levels were just low. So across the board, they just had lower levels of inflammatory burden than other patients with nasal polyps. And as you might expect, patients that have very severe forms of nasal polyposis, like those with aspirin-exacerbated respiratory disease or AFRS, they had very high levels of particularly those type 2 mediators, very high inflammatory burden. Yeah. And one of the things I found interesting is, you know, right now, when you when you go to any of our meetings or you talk about chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps, you always talk about endotypes. And you mentioned this now, but you used something called an unstructured statistical method to sort of identify endotypes of each of these variants. And you've kind of alluded to it already, but we, if you could summarize, what would the endotype be of CCAD compared to each of the other ones? I mean, you mentioned lower inflammatory markers generally, but is there anything else you'd want to point out? Yeah. So I mean, just to define an endotype, you know, so we, we often talk about patients with sinusitis as being either those with or without polyps, right? And so that's a phenotypic diagnosis. It's based on things that we can appreciate with our eyes or on clinical exam. But often what's really more important is the patient's endotype, because in theory, it's more reflective of the disease mechanisms that are at play in that particular patient. So we often do that by looking at different biomarkers. And so that's what we've done here. When we do that with this particular patient population, uh, we can actually divide patients into these disease clusters, which are reflective of theoretical endotypes. 
by using this hierarchical clustering approach. And basically this is just an unbiased statistical approach. So often when we are doing studies, there's a lot of bias in our study. We're choosing the biomarkers. We're uh, doing different things that make it such that there, our own inherent biases are involved in identifying groupings. And what we do here is we just take all of these mediators and we try to select those in as unbiased a fashion as possible. And then we group patients based on similarities or dissimilarities in the levels of those different mediators. And so when we do that here, we actually, in a patient population who all have nasal polyps, we can identify about five or six different disease clusters and those have different levels of, of each of these inflammatory mediators that we measure. Some of them have high type two cytokines, some of them have lower type two cytokines. And that tells us a lot about those patients. And then we can go back and look at their clinical characteristics and their demographics and see if those correlate in some way. So moving the discussion more into the clinical realm, so we, you and I and other otolaryngologists, rhinologists are seeing these patients if you were to guess going forward, what do you think are going to be the most effective ways to treat these patients and how would you stratify them? And again, maybe this, this work probably hasn't been done yet, but how would you stratify them in terms of their potential outcomes? Are they are they like an AERD patient where they can expect to have many surgeries or are they a patient where you could probably get more successful results from surgery or topical therapies? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, I think some of the stratification for these patients has been previously published. And so these patients tend to do pretty well. So they do well after surgery. They have significant improvement in their symptoms. They are unlikely to need revision surgery in most cases. We do know from our study that they have low levels of most cytokines, including these type 2 cytokines that we often associate with severe or recalcitrant disease. So what I think is really most important to understand about these patients is that these are folks that do well with surgery, number one, but they just do well in general. And so if you think about the introduction of some of these new you know, biologic medications that target type 2 inflammation, those have been a game changer for a lot of patients that have really severe recalcitrant disease uh, who have needed multiple surgeries over a period of many years. These are patients that probably are not going to fall into that category. So I think these are likely not the patients that should be directed towards some of these more expensive long-term therapies. And these are patients that we should know going into it if we can identify them based on their clinical findings on their endoscopy and their CT scan and say, hey, this looks like a CCAD patient. That patient's probably going to do pretty well with surgery. And you can use that in counseling that patient. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So to finish up, what studies do you envision going forward in looking at CCAD? What do you think are going to be some of the more important studies that haven't been done yet? Yeah, so we don't we still don't really know what's happening with these particular patients. So like why does why do these patients get CCAD and not just regular nasal polyps? Why don't they have more diffuse disease? Why are they so allergic? They are allergic in their upper airway, but they tend to have low incidence of lower airway allergic asthma, which is kind of an odd confounder, I think. So, you know, I think the best way to understand what's what's going on with these patients is to follow them longitudinally. So what happens to them over time? Does, does this central compartment disease progress into more significant, expansive nasal polyps that 
does involve those lateral sinuses, or is it just a different type of the disease that has its own phenotype, its own endotype that we just need to recognize? And I think that's what we don't know. It's tough to tell too, because a lot of these patients are getting surgery. And, and so that changes their disease. It changes the way they progress after that point. So I think we need to follow these patients from point A to point B to point C and see what happens to them over time. Yep. I mean, it may be that they you you take out you know, the, the polyps around the middle turbinates, you potentially even resect portions of the middle turbinates or the areas that are degenerated by polyps. You put them on topical therapy and they may do great and not need any other further treatment other than just to regular topical medications. Exactly. Or is there something anatomic about these particular patients that's directing allergens or airflow toward the central compartment of the nose? I mean, it, it's just unclear what's what's happening with them and what differentiates them from other patients. Right. Or would these patients even benefit more than the other variants of chronic sinusitis with nasal polyps from immunotherapy? Exactly. Well, Justin, I really appreciate you taking a little time out of your very busy schedule and joining me this evening to talk about your paper. And I, I do think it's a it's a great paper that's going to help us to understand this new important variant of chronic sinusitis and stimulate some further discussion and further study. So I really congratulate you and your authors on the publication. And, and I want to thank our Scope It Out listeners for joining, Dr. Turner and myself as well. This is Doug Ray for Scope It Out, the official podcast of the International Forum of Allergy and Rhinology signing off and I'll see you all soon. Thank you.